You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 537, cancelled with Richard Bacon, new albums from Brian Wilson, Roger Taylor and Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, and the peculiar success of Novelty Records. That's all coming up after Teenage Fan Club and Sparky's Dream. album that often pops up in those lists mm. of the greatest albums of all time the whole yes. album is a joy and this is my favorite track from it teenage fan club in 1995 from the album grand prix and Sparky's dream yes very much agree I, you can never go wrong with a bit of teenage fan club in my view i've yet to hear a teenage fan club song or album that i don't really like i they're just so consistent i think in in what they produce Thank you for joining us for Parish Council episode 537. I'm Terence Stackham 
And as bright and sparkly as a bauble on a Christmas tree, it's Juliet Harris. I mean, that's that's over-egging it a bit this morning, I must admit. But anyway, as ever, I'm grateful to you for your entirely unearned praise that you give to me. Hi, everyone. Ever since the English Civil War, anyone ostracised <laughs> by their community was sent to Coventry, mm. uh, literally in the 1640s. In more recent times, simply by being ignored by those around one. Ghosting, I suppose, is the more modern mm. terminology. But as Richard Bacon discovered on his film Cancelled on Channel 4 last week, these days the repercussions of saying something controversial can be quite far-reaching. Um, inevitably, in this age of ever-growing social media, where your entire life can be turned upside down in minutes, Jules, after watching Richard Bacon and Cancelled, are you now terrified of writing or saying something that could lead to you being cancelled? Well, no, not really. And I have to say the first thing that I very much enjoyed about this programme was the fact that they rescheduled it and uh, the Channel 4 Twitter account had a lot of fun at informing people that it had in fact just been postponed and not cancelled itself. <laughs> so that was that was quite, quite enjoyable. I saw, so f firstly, big up to the Channel 4 equivalent of iPlayer that let me watch this without adverts. I, I was particularly mm. enthused by that. So that gave me some, you know, that gave, that gave it some cultural capital as far as I was concerned. I found this programme quite frustrating. I didn't mm. think it was entirely without merit. There were some moments that I thought were genuinely really interesting. I think there is a very interesting programme to be made around this debate. I don't think this was that programme, is my view. Um, I thought it was very simplistic. Too simplistic for the for the debate that we're having, particularly around trans rights. It gave quite a lot mm. of the programme over to that, which I could understand. I don't think it really engaged with the issues on that particularly well, I don't think. I think that this is, I agree that there are aspects of this that have got, you know, of the flame wars that have got completely out of control. I completely agree with that. However, I didn't think this programme was doing anything to calm them. It felt very tabloidy in the way that it was made, in the assertions that it made. What made me laugh was that it was, it was, it was sort of crossed with people for sort of cancelling other people without any kind of, you know, any sort of a uh, mm. thought to it yeah it often made a lot of richard bacon's well firstly his voiceover was really quite hysterical <laughs> all the way through and it's like for god's sake don't expect me i, I like the fact they were sort of accusing they were sort of accusing trans activists of being a bit hysterical whilst being completely hysterical in the way that they presented the program i i i i, I struggled with aspects of it i must admit i what what i thought was interesting i i thought the the last bit where they were talking to the the academic uh gopal is a name that was that was that was can that was mm. you know there, there was some kickback over um there was some kickback over um that some some sort of comments she was making about churchill and some research that her sort of unit had done into churchill it was interesting that 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 was sort of that very little of the program was what well, i think i looked at the timings on the bar it was 47 minutes long if you cut adverts out mm. And we got 40 minutes in until Richard Bacon went, oh, by the way, this doesn't all come from the left. Um, let's go and speak to someone. I would like to have heard more about this because I thought it was really interesting. Mm. And what was interesting was when they talked about people cancelled, millionaire comedian Jimmy Carr sitting in a, a dressing room talking about how, you know, sort of the, the idea of being cancelled. And, you know, sort of all these people... I have to say mostly white people throughout sort of saying, oh, isn't it dreadful I've been cancelled, blah, blah, blah. This woman at the end, 
her whole unit was shut down. It wasn't like she was like, you can't say anything. You know, the university wrote to them and went, oh, well, thanks for your work. We're, we're, we're shutting this unit down. Now. That is literally being cancelled. Yeah, I found her to be slightly calmer and more reflective i mean first up when, when we're talking about and i know you'll bring this up when we, when we talk about the you know the things they were reporting you know the dreadful dreadful behavior of some people threatening you know threatening people with with, with you know death and horrible things that is completely unacceptable and i and you know and, and, mm. and that's something we will very much go on with and also i dislike the word turf and and I'd, i've always mm. disliked it and i find it you know i find that that takes away having said that i thought when they spoke to the uh, the transgendered activists, I didn't quite buy everything that she said. She she didn't condemn the the threats of violence in the way that I, that I would have mm. done. But having said that, she did make I thought a very interesting point, which was. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 the the the, um, the 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 women's rights activists, the the academics that were involved with women's place. They were sort of one of them made reference to what, of course, my research says. We never really heard about what that research was. We were just presented with the idea that because someone is an academic and they've researched something, uh, that sort of seemed to, but bizarrely, that seemed to shut down all debate. It was it was good in that it showed the, the inherent contradictions of things, I suppose. But the good point that the transgender activists made, I thought, was that... The the reason that, that there are these so particularly young people. I'm not saying that the fact they're young makes it right to threaten people with horrible things. I'm not saying that at all. But when you are dealing with young and and the transgender, as I said, often very damaged people that are really grappling mm. with huge questions about their identity, upsetting questions about their identity. Um, when someone is literally saying that you shouldn't exist as you want to as you as as a, as a as key part of your identity is wrong that is incredibly upsetting and i don't think that much care has been taken around that by some of these some of these academics and i speak as a perspective of someone that is gay that someone who is hugely relieved that they did not have to grow up as gay in the 1980s because that would have been you know really difficult i think in aspects and i do feel there is a bit of a parallel that is not well expressed by people like owen jones shrieking at, at other people that they're on the wrong side of history i absolutely understand understand that if you are a, if you are a women's rights activist you know feminism is to your very core i can understand why you are extremely defensive about some aspects of this you know as, as someone that is gay and a feminist i early on have, you know have had to sort of try and not square the circle but to try and sort of work out how all of these things can 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 exist together and i don't see why they can't you know i'm an intersectionist i think that that all of these things impact on each other and i think that we're all more alike than we are different but equally I never think that freedom of speech should be a should be a, a carte blanche to act without any consideration of the impact that your words and actions have on mm. others. However, I do understand that it gets to a certain point where, you know, if you're constantly having to check yourself all the time. Having said that, I've checked myself before in writing tweets about things. It takes about 15 seconds to think, oh, well, I might I might just phrase that a little bit differently. It makes very different, little difference to my life that I've had to spend 15 seconds slightly rephrasing a tweet. A tweet. I'm not hugely offended by it. I, you know, I, I just think I'm willing to do that if it means treating people around me with respect. Now, threatening someone with violence or having a view is not treating them with respect and I you know I want to make this clear because I know this is always the thing that is thrown back and that is what frustrating about it having said that it's it's 
you know, it's a difficult one, but I do think that people that sort of want to express their freedom of speech sometimes do fall into a bit of a trap that they themselves are quite intolerant. So so it was it was an interesting programme. It raised thoughts, pause for thought. I think a better programme, a calmer and better programme could be made about this. Having said that, there were some contributors that were interesting. I, I'm, I'm not left this with the fear of being cancelled, Terence. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to carry on my life being thoughtful, uh, expressing myself, but also having some thought in doing so. It was um, an unusually edited film in the sense mm. that it tried to cover too many aspects yes, I think of that this was an issue, so-called yeah. cancel culture. And in doing so, it just zipped from one topic yes. to the next. So in the space of a few minutes, we let, we let from Richard Bacon's own troubles when he left Blue Peter to a young woman called Naomi who put Bacon on the spot about ancient tweets he posted, uh, confronting mm. him rather gently. And then... We, yes, we exactly. Zoomed. I didn't. I didn't feel. I thought she was pretty calm in how yeah, she yeah. dealt with that. He was defensive. She was calm. We zoomed off then to the Cambridge Union where Andrew Graham Nixon quoted Hitler and found himself in the cancellation. Well, and, he, and actually impersonated Hitler. I think that was yes, probably the yes, issue was, more than anything exactly. else. Uh, I've, I've, got a, I've got a question for you, which is, I, I fear it's going to sound clunky, but I think it is a genuine question that many people would have. But I, I, you may not have, have the answer, but... As so often with controversial subjects, the, the loudest voices belong to those yes. with the fiercest views. Yes, um, very true. And, and, but does that mean they're the majority or, or represent the majority? But uh, who knows? In, but this is this this is what I wanted to ask you, um, because I don't know the answer. In terms of the ways we have now of potentially addressing someone incorrectly, how does this work in a in a practical sense? So. If I meet someone uh, or a group of people for the first time, do we question each person now? Because this was the implication of this film. Do we question each new person we meet regarding how they wish to be addressed? Because I might offend them if I refer to them as he, she. So should I ask, should I, you know, are you they, are you he, are you she, are you we? How do, you know, is is that what you're supposed to do now? It's I a funny question, but I, I mean it seriously. Yeah, no, fair enough. I I I mean it's a reasonable question. By the way, I thought that they I thought that they're fake advertising agency. They, oh, that, that was, was the a, nadir of the program. I think awful. it was. What was the it point? was. Yeah, exactly. It was pathetic. Yes. It really demeaned the program. It did recover mm. towards the end, but it really demeaned the program, I think. So I work in a local authority and they found someone that was very anti-working in a local authority. The local authority I work for is really good on this kind of stuff. It's particularly a forward-thinking local authority. So I, I, I suppose it depends how you come across people, Terence. So, so, so to genuinely answer your question, mm. increasingly... It's a serious a question. Of, yeah, increasingly, a lot of the world is moving online. Mm. Um, as we know, a lot of, and I think this will survive the pandemic. Whenever this pandemic feels like finishing, I think it will it will stay that this aspect of sort of team meetings. Though I don't think we'll go back from that. Actually, the idea that six of us have to travel from different places to go into a meeting together when we can meet mm. online. 
and when when you when you sort of log into Zoom meetings online, it's increasingly sort of used that you will put your name in your in your mm. name tag on the thing, and then you'll put your pronouns in brackets afterwards. So what I about, would say, okay, I understand that, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But what if no, I no, go no, to I mean, a, 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 you know a, a yes, real life meeting? Thing. Yeah. I was going to go on to say oh, that. Absolutely. So 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 well, the only point I will make moving on is that actually, even if you're not that bothered about pronouns, I have she/her in my pronouns on team mm. meetings just simply because it makes it easier it, it normalizes other people doing that really so that's the thing you can do online in terms of in person i quite like the idea of although it was meant to be a kind of a you know sort of a, a gotcha from the you know oh isn't it ridiculous what these kids are, are you know and i, I thought yeah. they were put in a difficult position those kids but you know the people that, that the actors that they were they were sort of doing as their as their diversity agency one of them said and it was meant to be a kind of oh isn't it ridiculous mm. let's just refer to people by their name I, why not? I don't see Fair the enough, problem in the that. Answer, yeah. Just to refer to people by that. I think if I was meeting someone, and again, it's difficult because then you have to end up with some. The problem is, is that if you're looking at someone and thinking, well, they don't look trans, so I won't ask them about mm. pronouns. That's really bad because they might well be trans, and 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 that's so. So I think that it is not. I think that referring to people by their name is probably the way forward. And I mm. online meetings, if you could put your pronouns, that is helpful. But actually, if I was speaking to someone, I would use their name more than anything else. But if I knew that I was going to have a... I mean, I think if you just refer to someone by their name all the time when you're talking to someone mm. uh, about someone, there is no reason why you can't just use their name rather than pronouns particularly. But I think that if you are going to use someone's pronouns, if you do think, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to get out of the habit of using pronouns, I think it is perfectly acceptable and perfectly, you can do that in a fairly calm way to say to someone, look, can I just check in with you? What pronouns would you refer to? Would you prefer for me to refer to you as? I think that's a conversation that takes 10 seconds. And I think mm. that it is, it's, an easy conversation to have if you don't want to have that conversation just refer to someone as their name how difficult is it and I, I just you know I, I I didn't think it was very good really I think there are better programs to be made about this very interesting debate than this was if you would like to watch uh, the show yourself Richard Bacon cancelled mm. is available on um, without adverts as Juliet said on yes. channel four's catch-up service all four and it's there only until the end of December 2021. So you get your skates on if you want to watch it. Mm. Coming right up, new albums from Brian Wilson, Roger Taylor from Queen and Alison Krauss with Robert Plant. That's next after A Tribe Called Quest. Let me flaunt the style. I think that the time's near that we drop studs. There won't be no duds here. Rappers play the dumb. dumb. Kind of on the space tip, but when they hear the jam, jam, they be on the deals, Nick. Now, I'm not fucking rock. rock. I know the territory. Go ahead and try. try. That's a different story. Similar to Grim. Grim. I can tell a better one. All about a kid, kid. who couldn't rap and didn't run. Stands on, on the side. side. Where the mic is getting done. Resorts to begging Billy. Billy. Asking could he have some. No, never, ever. Go back and try again, man. If you come back, I'll be the first to shake your hand. Competition's good. It brings out the vital parts, the abstract poetic edit. Majors in recital arts. Do it for the kids, the elders and the rap peers. We know the job is done. When we hear a lot of cheers, gotta feel the vibe. Word for my creation. If the hands clap, I'm filled with elation. Here I am, ghetto, full with a lot of steam. Think I gotta, I think I gotta, I think I gotta scream. 
Cause that's how good it feels, child. Let your head down. Damn. So we could get buck wild, do your ill dance. Go yes. think about the next man. We must have unity. And think yes. of the bigger plan, the vision we will form. We must stick together. See, I like to take this time, time. to say what's up to Cool G. The name is Q-Tip. The Midnight Marauder. Give enough respects to Africa, Africa Bambada. Bambada. As a man in the world, I must do my job. Take care of Mama Do. I won't resort to Rob. Bob, you get your dough. Mace is my witness. Obsessed with the rap, rap. But it's the mental fitness, like shooting CeeLo. And always hitting head cracks. The industry is luck, luck. Winning with the fake raps. Beats to the tools, tools. Pump the real hip hop. Not selling out. From hard rock to this jock. I don't know what to say, but here I go freaking. If the papes come, then you know I'll seek it. I'm just a short buffer. Dark skin face. Weigh a buck fifty. Thirty-six waist. Hair is crazy curly. Foot like Mr. Furley. To this day, I still believe that no MC can serve me. Others try to front, but everybody know. I get more props than the Arsenio Hall. So party animal I was. But now I chill at home. All I do is write rhymes, eat, drink, shit, and bone. Find my thrill in Amityville. I'm always in the island, fudging lucky, know the time. They know who keeps me smiling. Go out on my own, something that I gotta do. Do what the hell I want and have no one to listen to. I'm prompt with my business and I do things on the double. Yo, I'm out like Buster Douglas. I say peace to MC Trouble. Rest in peace. Word up. Rest in peace. And you know what else? We got, we got, we got the vibe. All the people in Long Island, we got the vibe. Brooklyn and Queens, we got the vibe. Uptown and Nairo, we got the vibe. Or upstate, Carolina fly out west, we got the fly in the Bahamas, we got the fly over in Europe. You know what? We got the fly, we got to keep alive. It goes on. Of rap, I'm a fan. I've seen a whole lot of slums, good with the girls. I get a whole lot of bottom fat to skinny. Frida to Winnie, Emma to Cindy, Constance to Wendy, cause I be real friendly, never on the snotty side, I don't brag to brothers, about the little place I got, my vocal styles can vary, the sight is never scary, it's only legendary, my father well prepared me, my job is temporary, I'm here for the long shot, better yet the long term, I don't have a firm, in a way I do, call them the permanaps, I'm crazy slap happy and I'm scrappy and I'm nappy, when I get the mic in my hand with the crowd in the stand, it's as good as grand, like, grand that. like that. And I want to say peace and dedicate this joint to MC Trouble and to uh, Trouble T. Roy and to um, Scott LaRock and to um, Cowboy. You know what I'm saying? This is for the slain rappers and the fallen rappers. You know what I'm saying? This is a special, 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 special dedication. And also to my pops and also to Vinny as moms. You know what I'm saying? We just got to keep it happy and keep the vibe going because this is vibe and stuff. And we out. Me and my friend Ed uh, do this thing that we first started doing via uh, the Tim Burgess's album listening parties, the listen along things that were so great in the first lockdown. He still does them, you know, from time to time, not at the same frequency that he was. We did a few of those and really enjoyed it. And at the start of this or, or sort of in the winter of this year earlier on, uh, my friend Ed got in touch and said, look, why don't we do one of these ourselves on Sunday nights after you finish your radio show? Why don't we take it in terms to pick an album mm. and uh, and then we can we can listen? Oh yes, okay. Then I said that's great. And we've done this 
I think about I think we might be on 42 43 wow. now once a week and it's and we text along during it and it's just a really nice way to catch up and spend time with him and I've heard a lot of albums that I wouldn't otherwise have sort of um been that familiar with and he picked this one week and I very much enjoyed it all the way through I thought it was a really great record I, I was familiar with the tribal tw- quest from can we kick it and you know mm. sort of other big songs but I hadn't taken the time to listen to this album we've also tended towards the quote-unquote classic albums in the last few weeks because Ed has recently and and his wife his wife to be recently uh Louise have given birth to their first child Sebastian oh. and uh so Sebastian sits in on our listening parties now mm. so so we have to tend towards records we're trying to educate Sebastian in the ways of classic records so uh, I was responsible for picking the first ever album that he listened to which was obviously horrifying in its responsibility but we did go with it we went with massive attack blue lines but so we so we listened to this for Sebastian and also for us and I very much enjoyed that album and that is my favorite um tune from the from the record I think sampling Grant Green that is uh, a tribe called Quest and Vibes and Stuff I like a tribe called Quest. Uh, mm. And unusual that um don't know why they're more popular over here in the UK mm, than yes. back in the States. Uh, one, another one of those rare bands where that Yeah, happens. absolutely. Yeah, we very much embrace them over here. Yeah. The run of albums being released at the moment by classic rock artists uh, continues. And we're mm. gonna look at um, or listen rather to another three today. Um Brian Brian Wilson, uh singer, songwriter, of course, record producer, genuinely yes. legendary for his work with oh, the absolutely, Beach Boys yes. since the early nineteen sixties. Now at seventy nine years old, Brian Wilson has released At My Piano, an album collection of some of the Beach Boys classic hits, including Good Vibration. Wouldn't it be nice? God only knows. Solo piano versions, instrumentals, just Brian and his piano. How did you rate um, Brian Wilson at my piano, Jules? I could I could do it in three words if you want, Terence, which is inessential but sweet. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was quite nice. I mean, it was it was lovely to hear them played in a different way, and they are his songs to do what he likes with. Let's not let's not forget that. I mean, it, it parts of it drifted towards background music, I think. And what it made me realise was so much of the Beach Boys' sound and their sort of key signature was all of their vocals and all of their harmonies. And when you take those away, mm. yes, they're still Still fantastic songs, but I, I did miss the the vocals. I must admit, and I know, this means that you finally cracked me with your hatred of instrumentals. I know, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was fine. I thought it was very nice. They're lovely tunes. I, it was just a little bit. There wasn't enough of it for me, really. It felt a little bit inconsequential as a result. His choice to do so, of course, but I did miss their their soaring vocal sound. I must admit, I couldn't bear this album. It's hard for me to. <laughs> It's hard for me to criticise Brian Wilson harshly. He's a hero, but this I thought this was simply terrible and so ill advised. I mean, he's not the most accomplished player, so this is no, it's that like wasn't plinky, ideal. Yes. Yeah. versions of songs that I hold so dear to my heart. It's hotel lobby music and uh, just awful. I mean, thoroughly pointless and has the feel of a manager or a record company trying to exploit just any new way of squeezing a few more dollars from these classic songs. I absolutely hated it, I have to say. Well, uh, in which case, then we've diverged once. Let's yeah. see if we diverge again. The music of the band Queen seems to split the population between the two extremes of either undying devotion or those who find their music mm. ear-wincingly annoying. Roger Taylor, drummer with Queen, he's had an ongoing solo career alongside his uh, major, his main gig, uh, releasing six solo albums in the last 40 years. His latest, Outsider, was recently released. Let's just hear a short clip. Wait. 
Jules, will you be clutching Roger Taylor's outsider <laughs> close to your heart? Well, firstly, could I just point out we didn't hear a clip from Brian Wilson, so you've cancelled him. I've cancelled um, <laughs> Brian Wilson, yeah. He's secondly, out. Secondly, no, I will not. I really didn't like this record at all. Um, for similar reasons that I didn't like the Deep Purple record that we talked about the previous week. Firstly, whoever it was, I am willing to cancel whoever it was that let Roger Taylor c- cover the clapping song. I'm more than willing oh, to cancel them for the rest God. of their life. That was terrible. I, 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 just, I, I just don't have much patience for albums of what I call hobby albums and Ringo Starr has been guilty of this a bit yeah, in the past true. as well sort of old rocker blokes that have got loads of money that could be that, could, that are essentially vanity publishing they could do this themselves on their own time I don't get why I have to <laughs> so really, yeah, you, you put that I, I perfectly didn't, yeah. I didn't enjoy this album at all I mean I have time for Queen's music I, I think that, that they were a magnificent band I just found this quite embarrassing really I'm sorry I, I you know it, it's perfectly he's perfectly entitled to make records I just I found this a bit cringy really I wasn't very keen no I uh, I found this album tedious but uh, I'm completely indifferent to it I'll mm. never listen to it again some tracks more irritating than others and as you mentioned the totally awful version of the clapping song was a particular what, what did that bring to one of the I greatest bubble cum no pop songs idea. of all time nothing it was awful it's a bland production overall and roger taylor seems to take himself very seriously yes that's a, what i i dislike there's a pompous about air about this yeah. album isn't there um his high-pitched voice as well <laughs> is just about the same on every track it's very strained at some points mm. and gets annoying when you hear it on track after track after track not an album I'll ever return to. Um, no, same. Yeah, Roger Taylor and Outsider. Uh, back in 2007, the country star Alison Krauss got together with Robert Plant and created the multiple uh, Grammy-winning album mm. Raising Sand. It was a huge hit all around the world. Now in 2021, they have a new collaboration, an album called Raise the Roof. And here's mm. a brief clip of that. Must decide. Alison Krauss Robert Plant partnership holding up Juliet well there was so much riding on this wasn't there because that that record in the Raising Sound in 2007 is such a magnificent Mm. album it was one of those rare albums that was extremely popular and critically acclaimed whilst also being really good it has to be said and such an, an, an enjoyably incongruous pairing as well you know sort of you know one of the queens of old country meets one of the <laughs> hoariest rockers you'll ever find but yeah seemed to really get on and have huge amounts of respect for each other and you could hear that I think in their collaboration they were having fun but they had a lot of time for each other as well part of you thought this is such a high-risk strategy to revisit that 13 years later apropos of seemingly nothing to make another record together 
And it's brilliant. And that's what's so impressive about it. It could have been just, you know, why are you doing this now? It could have been just some tedious event to kind of re, re you know, to attempt to recapture the magic that they had together previously. And it's a lovely record. I really like it. I've only heard this once all the way through, but I will definitely be hearing it again. They just seem to be such a winning combination. It's so lovely that they work so well together. I thought this was this was an unexpected surprise and a really an unexpected treat actually i didn't think this would be anywhere near as good as it was and it's fantastic i really enjoyed this album i've played it a few times uh getting t-bone burnett in his producer mm. multi-instrumentalist is a great move this is a sort of sound he excels in and it's so yes. pleasing uh, i thought to hear the vocals forward in the mm. mix like the new sting album we played the other the other week yes. i really like to hear vocals strong in the mix and ro- ro- unlike um roger taylor robert plant's voice is still very strong oh, yes tuneful. yes and he's, just, he's like tom jones they're the people from that yeah. era that kept their yeah. voices i think and it, as you um, mentioned, blends perfectly with uh, Alison Krauss. Re- a, interesting, a really strong selection of songs, which are mostly mm. covers, but not obvious ones. I, I'd not heard, I think, the majority of them before at all. Mm. I think most of them will be new to, to listeners of this album. Yes. So, yeah, a really good album. Alison Krauss, Robert Plant and Raise the Roof. Coming up next, Novelty Records. Who buys them and why? Uh, That's from the after Pure Essence.
I really like this band. Uh, each of their albums and singles seem to reach about number 80 and then fade away from the charts. This is a track from their 2007 album, Don't Forget to Remember, mm. Purescence and Palisades. Yes, when I was at secondary school, a friend of mine's slightly older sister, who we thought was very cool because she was her slightly older yeah. sister, was very into Purescence, if I remember correctly. Whenever I was round there and the sister happened to be around, she would wrestle control of the stereo and we would listen to Purescence. And yeah, like you say, one of those many bands of that era that aren't really revisited now, but it was very nice to hear from them again. Mm. In the early 1980s, there was this brief, um, mercifully, um, but very successful <laughs> few months where the charts started becoming dominated by awful medley versions by mm. sound alike musicians of the Beatles and ABBA and others. It was called Stars on 45. Mm. And they were never off the radio at the time. And just just one hideous example of novelty records. Later in the 80s, we had a similar nightmare with Jive Bunny. More yeah. Yes. sampling and hideous stitching um, it's just the point at which I tell you that Jive Bunny in the mood was the first record I ever owned it was a birthday present That's to me as a very five-year-old. disappointing very disappointing <laughs> um, they were inexplicably popular and this seems to be the theme with novelty records the worse the more excruciating they are the more successful they become often they're cash in records taking advantage mm. of another artist's success one absolutely terrible terrible memory i've got when i was very very young and already a huge fan of the beatles was a single released by the comedy uh, comedy actress dora bryan in 1963 mm. called all i want for christmas is a beatle which really oh, is yes. as awful as it sounds um i have two questions for you jules novelty records why and who buys these things well, those are two good questions. But the first question I would ask before those two questions is, what is a novelty record? Mm. How do we define what a re- is, is novelty as in silly? If I hate does... them, I think it's a novelty record. So you think that novelty means silly or daft or inessential, rather it, yes, than meaning new, I, I suppose. Yes, so, I so you could. So, so I'm a. So this this sounds like it's not going anywhere, but it is. I promise. I, mm. I, me and some friends are in something that's called a Spotify Music League, and I would recommend this if you, if you so, so basically there's 16 of us yeah. and a friend of us sort of mutual friend of all of ours rounded us up and we have a messenger chat group which is a lot of fun and each my friend emma who runs this who's worked very hard to run this i must say has wrote a theme for each week um i think we did 20 weeks in the end and each week has a theme and you have to choose a record a song that's on spotify that you right. think fits that theme and then once everyone's picked their songs there are time limits to do this you can then vote on everyone else's songs and so you have up to 20 points that you can give out so the fact there are 16 of us means you could technically give everybody a point if you wanted it doesn't always work like that and you can give up to five points for each person to each person and then each week the results are kind of aggregated and added up and it sort of happens over the season and it's actually been a lot of fun and it's introduced me to a lot of music that I otherwise wouldn't have heard because it all gets put into a playlist every week that you then have to listen to and we had a, a, a about three weeks ago a round that was called Waka Waka and it was what are your favourite novelty songs and what became apparent is lots of people had different views over what no, what is a novelty song so some of the songs that were included in this I picked Sugar Sugar by the Arches hmm. which is well, you would say is a novelty record hmm. in that it's 
it's you know it was the the Archie Comics cartoons, wasn't it? Yet a friend of mine said that he didn't feel it was a novelty record because he felt it was too sincere and that it was too good to be a novelty record because yeah. actually musically it was quite interesting. I mean, some of the records that were picked. Um, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts by Matt Bygrave came bottom. I'm afraid to inform you, yeah. but other choices were you know some things that you would say were novelty. Shadapa You Face by Joe mm. Dolce was picked by someone. Yeah, but yeah, there were other. Yeah, the winner of this of this league um of this this week um i didn't as much as i love the song i felt this wasn't really a novelty song the winner was frontier psychiatrist by the avalanches which i think we i might have picked for this podcast previously i don't see that as being novel i think the person that picked it felt it was novel because of the because of the use of the different samples of people speaking and mm. i guess it's it's not the same as a record where someone sings in it so actually it goes to show that there can be quite a debate over what you would call novelty I I started to wonder whether or not you should call them sort of comedy comedy records. Mm. But then having said that, not all comedy records are novelty records, I suppose. Um, so if we want to call novelty records sort of daft records, why? Because people buy them. And then, and then the second question, why do people buy them? I think that quite a lot of these are often, particularly in the days when when we have more physical buying of things, I think a lot of people... I can't blame Drive Bunny on my parents because I did actually ask for it. But I think a lot of people would buy them, <laughs> buy them for children and and relatives. What I think this is why they're particularly popular at Christmas, like Mr. Blobby. Mm. What can mm. I buy? My son likes music. You know, this misguided. My son likes music. Oh, it's a bit of fun at Christmas. I'll buy him the Mr. Blobby single. I mean, the fact that they kept Gary Barlow off number one never fails to entertain me. And the fact that he was cross about it even more too. So I, I was. You drew my attention to this excellent Guardian that Guardian Guardian asked about the return of the crazy frog. Even I think the crazy frog is appalling. Um, <laughs> I love the, the opening paragraph. The sort of byline of this with with genitalia. <laughs> Proudly exposed, things you never thought you'd hear in The Guardian. The amphibian raised up the charts in 2005 and irritated much of the UK. Why has it been allowed a second chance? A handler explains itself. I mean, the idea that that it became, um, that, that this is full of phrases in this article, which, like you say, I don't know if this is a joke or not, if this is irony around this or not. The CEO of uh, Cactus Film and Crazy Frog Entertainment is quoted as saying, he looks the same. He acts the same, but he's a fresher frog. I like the idea of being a fresher God. frog. I, I mean, novelty records. Perhaps they, perhaps sometimes. Well, given that we've just complained about how seriously he takes himself and how pompous Roger Taylor is, perhaps sometimes it is nice, particularly in in sort of times. I don't know if they were more sincere times. When you had the big rock acts of the day in the 60s and the 70s and 80s, sometimes having something that doesn't take itself too seriously can be quite a refreshing sort of antidote to that. Um, whether that is Jive Bunny is appropriate for that, I don't know. But um, but th- there is something about novelty records that, when you first hear them, can actually be, like you say, quite novel and quite entertaining and quite funny. But with many of these novelty records, that joke wears quick, wears thin very, very quickly. I wonder if we're experiencing a resurgence in novelty records with with non-physical downloading and purchasing of songs. Because if you don't like a song or it starts to annoy you, you can just delete it, can't you? So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll get a resurgence of novelty songs because it's not forever in a way that, you know, the seven-inch single of 
live bunny will always be cluttering up my house because uh, I won't get rid of it. Um, <laughs> it's too too important. But um, but it's yeah, m- maybe the novelty records were always, were maybe as our our culture becomes more disposable, maybe novelty records fit in well with that. Is that in that once you start to become annoyed by Joe Dolce, you can just delete him. <laughs> that by the way that awful all i want for christmas is a beetle um record reached number 20 in the uk chart proving that in 1963 any song containing the word beetle yeah. was going to be a hit and I, and I bet that loads of that were people buying it for younger relatives yeah, well-intentioned elderly relatives buying it for younger relatives i don't who knows we have the data on that but that would be my feeling but, well, well my son likes the beatles maybe he'll like this well that's true maybe she wasn't alone in 63 we had my beetle haircut by the twilighters oh <laughs> I'll, I'll let you hold my hand by the bootles isn't and... that technically an answer record yeah, so. <laughs> the vernon's girls we love the Beatles. It was a whole industry. Mm. And of course, Paul McCartney himself could be accused of diving mm. into the novelty market with the frog chorus. And we all stand together. But no, the worst ones in more recent years, you're right, Joe Dolce, shut up your face. Um, I had to turn the top of the pops off when that came on back mm. in, in its time. Jilted John with his awful Gordon is a moron. Is it, I, 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 I quite like the original Jilted John. I think it's quite funny. Um, oh, I found it <laughs> embarrassing. But, oh, and the, the actually one of the worst ones. Um, I classify <laughs> this as a novelty record. I don't know if it fits the culture. The Asinine "Don't Worry, Be Happy" by Bobby McFerrin in mm. 1998, in which he lists things that might go wrong in your life, but offers no practical solution. <laughs> so he just exactly. advises us to not worry and be happy, which I always think is like, yeah, sure, the mortgage company is about to foreclose on your house. <laughs> what do I do? Don't, you know, oh, well, um, don't worry, be happy. But yes, can you recommend, you know, a really good independent financial advisor? <laughs> no, but, you know, don't worry, be happy. Well, you know, I tell well, you what, the, the, the best the best ending to this would be if Bobby McFerrin has now retrained as a therapist i i really hope that that is that that's the end but yes i i agree i mean admittedly you know perhaps his, that if ever a song needed to disclaim that it was a song and not regulated by the financial authority it was probably that wasn't it really but yeah it's it's interesting to what extent is a novelty record a novelty record and it's made no i wouldn't define that as a novelty record i'd just say it was a bit silly i think novelty records i think the thing that, that is irritating about novelty records actually apart from the records themselves is the slight level of well, the, the high level of cynicism often particularly with the kids tv programs records we've had over the last oh, 20 yeah. or 30 years there is this cynicism and this kind of exploitation of the children market the tweenies uh bob the builder although as i, I told my colleagues when presenting our work quiz yesterday bob the builder's second album rather brilliantly is called never mind the breeze blocks and i'm a big fan of that as a, <laughs> as a whoever it was that thought of that deserves a pay rise it's great isn't it so um so so you know things like that and and those sort of records are there is a slight cynicism to that i think and i do have a i do have a bit of an issue with that i must admit whereas bobby mcferris don't worry be happy i mean obviously i wouldn't live your life by its teachings terence but i'm not i'm not entirely convinced that it is a it is a novelty record i just i just think it's a bit annoying really there are lots of records that are annoying without being novelty we see now that's great i'm a big fan of that <laughs> that's great. unfortunately that couldn't be used in our novelty records round because we'd also had a nonsense round a few weeks beforehand and someone had i think it had won the month the, the nonsense round or something so uh so or did oh, well in the nonsense round but yes thanks very much for listening this week good to have you along 
I echo, I echo the sentiments of my non-cancelled colleague. Thank you very much. And don't make it a novelty. Make it a diary <laughs> date with Juliet on Sunday. Absolutely. It's um, this week, uh, to, it's today, it's the Christmas special of Smooth Sailing. So uh, so we'll be playing Christmassy or just festive tunes generally. There are a few tunes that are a bit, but have been hits at Christmas without necessarily being Christmas tunes. So we'll have a couple of those, 7 to 9 p.m. live on Sunday evenings. If you ever want to catch up, it's, so the, the live page is mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Juliet hyphen Harris, or just search my name on the site. And if you miss shows and want to catch up, Press the show rule button on my page and I down I upload the show every week. So uh, so yeah, that's an easy way for you to play along. To play us out, a track with the longest title in music history. Yes, indeed. I just pick these things to to, to irritate you, Terence. But, um, you, achieve, but uh, you achieve your aim. I was going to say, I'm very. This is a specialist topic of mine. I, I and again, it's an instrumental as well. So there are many things about this that you probably shouldn't like. But I think this is an instrumental with a difference that it goes to some very interesting places. And I say it goes to some places. Um, that's an appropriate phrase given its title. I think this is the excellent group Bellahead who, again, this music lead had a, had around one week. You had to pick a band with seven or more members in it. And I neglected to pick Bellahead, and I'm really cross with myself that I didn't because I thought it was, I thought, I thought that, you know, they're a great band. I've had the pleasure of seeing them live at a festival, which is perhaps the best place to see Bellahead because you really do get that sort of abandonment and fun. One of their albums is called Hedonism, and I think that very much sums them up. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Um, I love this song. I love the places it goes to. Uh, this is by Bellhead and it's trip to Bucharest slash the flight of the folk mutants.
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.